So I spent this past week out in Iowa visiting my soon-to-be 95-year-old mother and other family members, and it was a very good visit. October in that part of the country means it's harvest time. Crops like soybeans and corn are being harvested from farm fields and brought into market. And believe it or not, there are traffic backups out there too, but of a different kind than what we're used to here. You ever try to get around an enormous combine or tractor pulling a load of corn? Not so easy to do. But so it is. It's harvest time here where we live as well as the fruits of the earth are being brought in from gardens and orchards and fields. This is the time of year we love to go apple picking, isn't it? How many of you have gone apple picking so far? Oh, some of you. We haven't gone, but we do plan to go. It gets us out into that beautiful, rolling Virginia countryside, always beautiful, but especially so this time of year. All of this serves as backdrop to the words of Jesus in the parable, the gospel lesson, as he tells that parable of the tenants in the vineyard. It's harvest time in that parable as the vineyard owner seeks to get his rightful share of the fruit of the harvest. And there's a term for this arrangement. It's still widely used and practiced today. It's called crop sharing. The owner of the land rents out his or her property to tenants who in this arrangement then pay the owner an agreed upon amount of rent which is a percentage of the crops or produce from the harvest. But in the parable that Jesus tells, things go horribly wrong. The tenants come to think and act like they are the owners rather than the tenants. It stretches the limits of imagination to think that people would actually do something like this. And that's where the problems begin in this escalating cycle of the situation. This then becomes the theme for preaching today under the theme consecrated stewards, owners, or tenants. May the Lord's rich and abundant blessing rest upon the preaching and the hearing and the living of his word for Jesus' sake. We are in week number two of our four-week series entitled Consecrated Stewards in this month of October. And each week, based on the gospel lessons, we're looking at different parables which Jesus told, all of which underscore what it means to live as the Lord's consecrated stewards in daily life. To consecrate something means it is set apart for a special kind of purpose. And that is what we are, who are blood-bought with Christ's death and resurrection. We are the Lord's set-apart stewards, his consecrated managers of what's been entrusted to our care. Last week we heard another parable about a vineyard which Jesus told the man who had two sons and said to both of them, go and work in the vineyard. One said he would but did not. 
And the other said he would not, but did. Our calling then as God's consecrated stewards is not to say one thing and do another, but that our words translate into action for the kingdom of God. Today, we're hearing about Jesus' parable of the tenants in the vineyard. And next weekend, we will hear about Jesus' parable of the wedding feast and all the excuses people came up with on why they could not go. And then for Consecration Sunday in two weeks' time, on Saturday evening, October 21st, and Sunday morning, October 22nd, we will hear Jesus' teaching on rendering to God the things that are God's. And I encourage and I invite you to be present on that Consecration Sunday weekend. From all of these words of Jesus, the truth hits us smack between the eyes that God is the maker and owner of heaven and earth. God is the owner of the vineyard and we are merely the tenants. That is principle number one in Christian stewardship. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and all who dwell in it. It all belongs to the Lord. The truth that comes to us from God's word is that we may often talk about owning things, you do and I do as well, my car, my house, my money, my stuff, my life, but it really isn't ours at all. It's all on loan to us from a gracious and loving God. All of these things which have been placed into our hands, including our very lives, belong to the Lord. Now the question for us as consecrated stewards is this. How will we manage? How will we care for these things that are the Lord's? You probably detected this recurring theme in the scripture lessons for today. In the Old Testament from the prophet Isaiah, in the psalm we read together, Psalm 80, in the words of Jesus in the gospel lesson, Israel is the Lord's chosen vineyard. He plucked up that struggling vine and delivered it out of the house of bondage in Egypt, and he transplanted it in his promised land. The Lord tended that vine, he nurtured it but it was yielding wild grapes. Anybody ever eat wild grapes? <laughs> They're rather tart, shall we say, not 
anything like the ones in the children's message, those delicious, large, cultivated grapes. No, the wild ones really don't taste like that at all. But that's what the Lord was looking for and was expecting from the lives of his chosen vine, his people. And lest there be any doubt here, Isaiah clearly says in that closing verse from the Old Testament reading, for the vineyard of the Lord of hosts is the house of Israel. For the gardener, for the orchard keeper, for the vineyard owner, it is immensely frustrating to plant something, carefully watching over it, only to have it produce spindly, half-formed, bitter fruit that's really good for nothing. And if that is true with us as people, how much more true is it with the Lord? So when Jesus tells his disciples, or when he tells this parable in the gospel lesson for today, the chief priests and the Pharisees would immediately have made a connection with this passage from Isaiah chapter 5. It would have hit home. And Jesus' words are very convicting. I say to you, the kingdom of God will be taken from you and given to a nation producing the fruits of it. That ought to be a wake-up call for each and every one of us. The Lord is looking for fruit from what he has planted in the lives of his people. An apple tree is going to produce apples and a grapevine is going to produce grapes. That is what apple trees and grapevines do. Now we who have been baptized into Christ's death and resurrection, who are called by his name, who know his grace and mercy, by the power of the Holy Spirit at work in us, we will produce fruit in our lives, but a different kind of fruit as the children's message pointed out. Already at the close of the Old Testament reading, we see the kind of fruit the Lord was looking for. He looked for justice, but behold bloodshed, for righteousness, but behold an outcry. Those are fruits the Lord still looks for in the lives of his people today, justice, righteousness, as well as the fruits of the spirit that Paul describes, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. These are things which can't be forced, but which can be cultivated. No one can force an apple tree to produce apples. Nobody can force a grapevine to produce grapes. But what we can do is provide optimal growing conditions in which this can happen. 
One thing is for certain, plants will generally do better if you water them, if you fertilize them, if you weed them, than if you don't, right? And these are right growing conditions. And so it is with us as God's children as well. We cannot force these fruits of the Spirit to happen in our lives. But if we expose ourselves to the right growing conditions by the power of the Holy Spirit, they will happen. Those right growing conditions for the child of God include the very thing we're doing right now, being in worship in God's house with God's people, being in God's word as we read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest that word of life and salvation that it might shape and mold us for God's gracious purposes. Right growing conditions include coming before the Lord in prayer, not only in time of need or crisis, but in thanksgiving to make all of our needs and joys known to the Lord. Coming to the Lord as he comes to us in his holy supper here at the altar, these and others are right growing conditions that produce fruits of faith, which are well pleasing to the Lord and which bless our neighbor. Like any gardener or vineyard owner or farmer, the Lord also has an investment in what he's planted. And the Lord's investment in what he has planted in us goes way beyond dollars and cents. The Lord has invested the life of his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, in us, who went to the cross and shed his innocent blood as payment for our sins. It is Jesus who is that beloved son of the vineyard owner. He was sent into the greedy and hate-filled vineyard. He was killed by people who saw themselves as owners rather than tenants. We were not physically present when Christ died upon the cross, but we did most assuredly participate in his crucifixion. It was our greed. It was our twisted thinking that we are owners rather than tenants. It was our sins that nailed Jesus to the cross. But through Christ's sacrifice on the cross, we have been given the gift of forgiveness and new life salvation in him. All this Jesus, the Son of God, endured to redeem us, to restore us to a right relationship with our Heavenly Father. And this right relationship leads to a right understanding that God is the maker and owner of heaven and earth, and that we are the tenants 
the managers, the stewards of what belongs to the Lord, ourselves, our time, our possessions are not our own. They come as gifts from a gracious and loving God. How will we then make use of these gifts to honor the Lord and to be a blessing to others? It seems to me this is real-time mission practice number four of joining Jesus on his mission, doing good. And that's going to look differently in each of our lives where the Lord has placed us in life. The terrible shooting, the massacre in Las Vegas, which occurred early last week, reminds us all that as God's consecrated stewards, we live in a broken world that is shattered by sin and its consequences. The why behind this terrible event is as yet unknown. In the midst of so many things which we cannot control, in the midst of so much which we cannot understand, we hold fast to this truth. Life is a sacred gift from the Lord. Life is uncertain at best. So while there is time, let us do good in the name of Jesus, who loves us and shed his blood for us that we may be his own. The sermon has now been preached. It remains to be lived in your life and in mine. May God help us to live as his consecrated stewards for Jesus' sake. Amen.